Hey, what up, everybody? Here we are, another episode of Let There Be Talk. It is Monday, May 20th, and this is episode number 477. Welcome aboard. Did you survive the Game of Thrones finale? I certainly did by not watching it. (laughs) I tell you what my Game of Thrones finale was. I spent my Sunday uh, with with the fantastic Marcus King band. That's what I did. I, I stood out in the field and watched some rock and roll. That's my, uh, that's my kind of uh, Game of Thrones. But if you watched it and enjoyed it, good for you, my friends. Good for you. Uh, yeah, I wanted to shout out Marcus King again. I'll shout it out over and over and over like I have for the last few years. Wow. Just an incredible, incredible band. Get out there and see those guys. Uh, They're playing High Sierra in late June. I'm going to go to that. What a band. And thanks, Marcus, and uh, all you guys in the band, all my brothers, for uh, a fantastic day. Oh, anyway, hope you guys had a great weekend. We're starting off the Monday. Sun is out. I feel good. And uh, just, just... Pounding on doors, trying to make shit happen. Great guest today. We got a comedian today. I've been talking about it, how I'm going to have more comedians on, talk more comedy, get some, uh, get some comedy fans out there listening to the podcast and coming to the shows. That's what it's about. Putting some butts in the seats. Speaking of that, you got to come see me headline June 7th through the 9th at La Jolla Comedy Store. And this Wednesday, I'll be in Ventura, May 22nd. All the uh, dates are on my website, deandelray.com. Back to the guest. Great guest. Olivia Grace is here today. She's been a friend of mine for quite a few years. She's a newer comedian like myself. And I thought it would be fantastic to have her on because she started when she was 16 years old. She's only 23 now. And uh, I think that's pretty damn cool. I wish I started comedy at 16. Although, I mean, I don't really wish that because I, I'm so glad I played rock and roll for all those years. Uh, but I, I, do, I do always think about being 53 and going, God, man, I'm tired. <laughs> if I was 23 like Olivia, oh my God, I would never sleep. All I do is look forward to sleep now. But Olivia is fantastic, and she uh, she quickly uh, busted her ass and 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 rocked it on the uh, roast battle, made her name on the roast battle, and it was just great to talk to her about how all that happened. Although I did see it go down, it was great to find out what was going on in her head and how it happened and how she started comedy. Pretty damn cool in this uh, grueling world of stand-up comedy in Los Angeles uh, to talk to somebody that I can relate to who also is out there grinding is uh, awesome. She met Doug Stanhope early on and got his autograph and had it tattooed on herself and later on eventually ended up opening up for Doug Stanhope at the Comedy Store and is also opening up for him this week in Las Vegas for his special, the uh, TV filming of his special. And I don't think anything gets cooler. I I couldn't imagine back when I met Angus Young in ACDC when I was a kid, get his uh, name tattooed on me and then end up opening for ACDC. That's pretty fucking cool. And that's basically what she did. Doug Stanhope is the ACDC of comedy. Just a fucking badass, badass comic. And uh, congrats to Olivia for everything she's uh, done. If you've never seen The Roast Battle, do yourself a favor and go back and watch some of those episodes. Uh, They're out there. And get ready for, uh, I'm pretty sure, any day now, there's a a new Roast Battle coming out. The Roasting of uh, Historical Figures, I believe. With Jeff Ross and Brian Moses. So that's going to be fantastic to see. Uh, real quick, I don't know what's going on with you guys. You got any tax problems? 
If you're drowning in IRS tax debt, please get ready to take down this number to take advantage of the new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may help yourself from IRS collection agencies. The IRS has recently hired private debt collection agencies to start collecting your outstanding taxes. They can already garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. If you are drowning in IRS tax debt, the people of Civic Tax Relief can help you protect yourself from the IRS collection agencies. Stop the added fees and wage garnishments and finally break free from the IRS. Call Civic Tax Relief for free information now. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief Special Tax Hotline can help you discover all the relief programs. You're qualified for free. This is free, people. Just call 800-541-1189. Take down this number, 800-541-1189. Don't wait. The consultation is free. The information is free. This could save you thousands and get those damn dumb calls off your back. Call now, 800-541-1189. 800-541-1189. Give it a try, guys. It'll help the podcast and it'll help you if you've got some tax problems. Believe me, don't run from that stuff. It's just, uh, it's too stressful and you, you don't want to be one of those people just dodging phone calls and all of a sudden your bank account's empty. Get on it. Civic Tax Relief's going to help you. I want to give a shout out to some of the new Patreoners. I love you guys. I've been busting my ass trying to get some great bonus episodes over there. Got a new one coming up tomorrow. Uh, Kevin and Christy. Kevin, Kevin and Christy. Oh, the Kevin and Christy show. <laughs> Kevin Christy and I went to a vintage BMX bike show over the weekend. And uh, we talk all about it. So check it out. Big love for Dave Clark, Stephen Dowie, and uh, my man Matt Scannell. Mark Brunot, always giving him love. I'm pretty sure I gave you guys shout-outs last week, but fuck it. Shout-outs again. <laughs> uh, all right, I love all you guys. Let's, uh, let's give a, uh, a moment of silence here for the great Sammy Shore who passed away over the weekend. Uh, it's just sad. Polly has lost his, uh, his mom this year and now his father. And they were the absolute ground zero kings of the comedy store. Sammy started the comedy store. Sammy, I call him the original rock and roll comedian. He opened for Elvis, Frank Sinatra, all the biggies in the 70s. And really, really worked with legends. And he was a legend. And also toured with Polly when Polly was giant during the MTV era. Sammy Shore, his father, he took him out on tour with him, family affair tour. And I, uh, I remember having them at the Stone in San Francisco during uh, when Polly was big, Spin Doctors, Polly Shore. Uh, anyway, Sammy Shore, the great great legendary comedian died at 92 on saturday and and what a great long life he lived 92 i was at his 90th birthday at the comedy store and it was so so much love in that room on his 90th birthday okay let's get into the show here i hope to see you guys at the la jolla comedy store or ventura or anywhere else i'm at and uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. I really enjoyed having Olivia on. She's, she's fantastic and funny. Here we go. Olivia Grace. All right, here we are. Another episode of Let to Be Talk. It's going to be a comedian guest today. Introduce yourself. Hey, it's Olivia Grace here. Yeah. Yeah. Roast battler, right? Yep. How far did you go on that? It's been a while since I remembered. I watched the whole thing. The first one I, uh, well, the first season they were doing it tournament style, and that one I only got to the first episode, and then yeah. I lost. Yeah. Yep. And then second season I got to the second episode, and then I lost to Todd Berry, which was so cool. I remember people were like, cool. Oh, yeah, of course. Todd Berry, man. That guy's... Uh, Dude, he's so funny. I mean, he just practiced roasting on... Uh, 
a Twitter all day long. I know, man. He's on fire. He's a such a talented comic and like I don't know. Like I just did his podcast recently and he just like he's just like such an intimidating person to be around because you know that he can just see right through you, you know? Like, I love Todd Berry. He's so funny. Yeah, he's great. I love that guy, so too. Great. That's a great part about working in New York. I, I got to see him pretty much daily. Really? Yeah, he's always at the cellar, you know? That's great. And he likes great music. I mean, he's a cat guy now, which is disappointing. But other than that... (laughs) (laughs) I just saw something on Instagram today where he's, like, petting his cat, giving it nicknames and stuff. It's so cute. I just... Oh, man. I'm a huge fan of his. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The the Rose Battle is an interesting thing. Now, let's get into it. I met you at the Comedy Store years ago, but um, how do you get into comedy and then eventually into the roasting part i you know what it was just something that i just showed up and tried it once and then i it was like something that i just was like just had it just came naturally to me somehow i don't know like i i didn't expect you got that evil in you i guess so you know what dude yeah i think that's what it might be is that like repressed anger underneath like a layer of niceness i don't know yeah and who did you roast your first time at the store? It was in the belly room, right? On yeah. Moses' show. Uh, Brian Moses has created this masterpiece of a show. So cool. And, uh, and it was so organic. It was two guys that wanted to fight each other in a parking lot. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Moses said, hold on, let's go upstairs and take it out on the, on the stage, <laughs> on the mics. And then this show, here we are, something like five, six years later or whatever and it is. And now it's a hit on Comedy Central. It's such a weird... Uh, story how that all started and i just fell into it like maybe right around the time that they started that people were really coming out to it and watching the live one and it had become like a thing and so but i just fell into it no expectations i just i battled a guy named matt coles an orange county comic i've known for a while and and was it early on uh you get together i heard how it would work you go Hey, tell me some stuff about you. Was that or was it was you knew the guy? Because it seems interesting that uh, later on it'd be like, tell me some stuff uh, that about yourself so they can roast each other, which is really bizarre, right? Because you got to let out some uh, stuff, I guess. Yeah, it's it's definitely harder that way. Like, because I had known Matt for a while. So I had like, you know, I, I knew like just enough about him to be able to like create some jokes and i did that too with one of my best friends tom goss was my second battle and like i love tom he's so funny and so but then once i got to the point where then i was like battling people that i didn't know and and digging up stuff on them and asking them like what to make jokes about is a little harder because you don't really have like a view of their whole personality you know right right which really factors into like what you even write jokes about in the first place you know i mean i come from the old school 70s where it was called capping you know it wasn't roasted capping meant you know you were like uh you're you're ripping on people and and you didn't know the people so it would be mostly a a surface roast yeah would be what you're wearing your haircut your shoes so and it was a lot of your mama stuff yeah, back yeah. in the 70s like your mama's so poor she shops at kmart and that'd be like oh fuck kmart ghetto you know what i'm saying but it's yeah. really an interesting next level if you know people because they do say if you want to find out what people think about you have them roast you yeah yeah for sure yeah no that definitely factors i mean that's why when i battle todd berry one of the strategies um, that I came up with when I was writing for it was to attack his stage presence because he's so like almost like a serial killer. He's like that guy on King of the Hill that's like, what's the mumbling guy? Boomhauer? I guess so. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, he just has such a distinctive like aura. And that, like, that's a lot of fun to try to figure out how to attack that. Because the thing that is hard about Roast Battle, like you're saying, is like the audience doesn't even know very much about the person sometimes. Right. So when you're attacking, like, something that takes too long to set up or you have to tell like a whole story about their That's life. That's a failure. It can be really hard. Too, yeah. It's like a great joke. Too wordy. It doesn't work. Yeah. They've got to be like, uh, if you look at a Mike Lawrence or a Jezelneck, these type of guys, it's got to be kind of precision 
and just yeah you, you know like because the crowd's got add Mm-hmm. And they're out there like, I don't know anything about this guy's he like sailing? What you know what I mean? You're yeah. setting up something. Your parents are rich, they bought a yacht, they've been out at the ocean so long. Right. But you're like, I'm out on yeah, this. I don't yeah, know yeah, what this guy's talking about. Too many points that you gotta yeah. have the setup and the punchline, which is so weird because my standup is not like that at all. I'm not right. a setup punchline kind of person at all. Um but yeah, it's just that thing of like finding the root of somebody. I don't want to. I also don't want to like overthink roast battle. It really, at the end of the day, what it is is like, can you write and deliver a joke? You yeah, know, yeah, and like yeah. it's really simple. But there is something kind of fun about taking apart the way, not just how someone looks, but how they are. Yeah, and and seeing if you can turn that into a joke, like like they're kind of their essence on stage or whatever. You know, I mean, it's really not that like, you know. Yeah, can you give us one of the Todd Berry ones? Oh man, I had so many on Todd Berry that I was so bummed I didn't get to use. But I think my favorite one was the one I opened on, which is Todd's so creepy. I pepper sprayed him in the parking lot and he cummed his pants. <laughs> I love that joke. <laughs> Todd Berry. Now, let's get into the, because uh, we'll get more into the roast battle, but sure. let's get into how you started comedy. Uh, when I first met you, you weren't even old enough to get into the comedy store. You, yeah. would, you would wait out front, uh, like back when I would play bars yeah. and music, they make you wait out in the parking lot, and then when it's your time, you can come in and work, and then you got to leave right away. That's exactly. how music was back then, too. And there was also a lot of stories about early on. I'm not sure who some of the young comics were in the 70s, but it would be the same way. They'd wait outside, and later on became huge, famous people, but... How did you get into comedy? I think, you, what did you start at, like 16 or something? Yeah, I was 16 when I started, and I got lucky. I just was doing a lot of music open mics with um, a friend of mine, and he could drive, so I would just pal around with him at all these music And where, Orange mics. County? In Orange County, yeah. That's where you grew up? Yeah, that's where I grew up. I've right. been back there for the last couple of days, and it's just so like, oh man, you know, it's, it's so just, far. Too. It's far, and it's just kind of depressing. There's just like malls everywhere that no one really goes to. I don't know. It's it's weird being back. But Orange uh, County's interesting because a lot of rich, rich, rich people live there, and there's like no culture. Mm-mm, none. There's no culture down there, so you're like. You got like San Diego that's beautiful, and then you got LA that's beautiful because you got Malibu and the mountains and everything, and then you got Santa Barbara, and then you just got this kind of concrete wasteland that goes from like Paramount, say that, uh, you know, all the way down to Irvine Mm -hmm. of like, what is this? Yeah, it's a, that's how, and that's where I grew up. There's really not a lot going on down there there still isn't it's so weird it's so weird being back you know and what got you into comedy were you early on who were you watching were you watching comic or you a music person what was going on well i i didn't know what i want i knew i wanted to be like an actor or something in entertainment and i was like taking like i was in theater in high school and i loved that and um and I just showed up one day to an open mic that was a comedy open mic. And I was like, next week I'm going to come back and give it a try. And I did it. I never stopped. So, what, you remember your first joke? God, no. I oh, don't geez. either, really. Yeah. I, I remember one bit that started working for a while, but I don't yeah. really remember first jokes. But I got them all recorded. I think I actually, I do remember one of the first bits I ever really had was like about. Um, so I, I actually still want to like refresh this bit now that I remember it, but it was like um, how it's so much easier to get kidnapped by someone with a British accent or something like that, you know, like oh, yeah. it's so much oh, easier yeah. to trust. Olivia, yeah. hey, come over here for a minute. I know your parents. You're That's like, oh, that guy British. can't be evil. You know, I can't do that bit. I can't do a British accent well enough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd have to work on it. Yeah. Yeah, you could do it. Oh, uh, maybe. <laughs> I just did a shitty one for it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, so wait, so like you're 16 and stuff. So you're doing open mics and you're going to school during the day. No, I actually was. I was homeschooled. I went to school online in high school. So I had this weird like it was an alternative school where you only had to come in on like Fridays to turn in your work and then maybe in for like a lab or a language class. But it was really a loose schedule, which worked nicely for me because I was 
done with school. Yeah. I was so done with school. Yeah, I don't like school at all. Yeah, so I would save up all my work for Friday and then just power through it, turn it in. I did okay in high school. I got like A's and B's mostly and then a couple C's here and there, but like I just didn't give a fuck about any of that, Yeah, you know? Were you definitely like a, an introvert? Like you're, you're, I mean, you're... You're a comedian and stuff, but were you like just a solo kind of nerdy person or what kind of person were you? Were you into the cure, you know, like yeah. gothy girl or what were you? I always stayed to myself. I don't know why. I, 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 I'm pretty introverted now as an adult, but back then I, I started taking, I was prescribed Adderall in high school because I, I just didn't like school. And I couldn't pay attention in math, and so I they I had like a doctor that was like, oh here you have ADD, take this Adderall, and it, it didn't make me better in math. What happened was I got a math tutor that had all the final and midterm exams from my high school, yeah, and they used the same one every year, so I just memorized the answers. Oh, <laughs> you don't even know shit yeah. about math. I don't I know anything about math. I was math. great at math. Were I you sucked really? at spelling and and uh, yeah, I liked I liked I liked PE. <laughs> really? you know, oh I, man, we couldn't be more dead. Math and PE were like the yeah, worst. Yeah. worst well, I just liked PE because I was just out fucking playing, you know, baseball yeah. or or uh, soccer or volleyball or weights or something. Just to be out of class, it made me crazy to man. sit in a class. I I was definitely like a hyper kid too, you know. I'm glad oh, they didn't man. give me any of that shit like Ritalin or anything. I never got that, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, you dodged a bullet, man. That stuff is crazy. It's like, I, I had, like, probably too high of a dose, and I was, like, real, like, just a completely different person than I am now. I was, like, super aggressive and, like, yeah. almost, like, manic. Like, I was always, like, building shit that never went anywhere. And, just you know, cooking just, on that stuff, huh? Yeah, man, it was really scary. I am shocked that so many kids take it, because, like, looking back on that period of my life and, like... Because you combine somebody, you have a teenager that has no frontal lobes, and then you put them on what's basically crystal meth, and then they're like, oh, their grades are better, you know? It's like, but yeah, but look at all the other, you know, I was like build, like taking apart like clocks and shit, like like oh, traditional yeah. Some tweaker shit. Yeah. shit. yeah, it was scary looking back, and once I kind of stopped taking it, and I looked back, I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> it was really scary for a minute. I thought I'd lost my mind, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, when you got off that stuff, did you uh, like feel way better, or was there a come off? There was a tough come down because I once I started taking it for long enough, and then I was eighteen, kind of living on my own, and I started drinking to manage the ups. Yeah. So I was drunk all the time, but I was also super fucking high on Adderall. I started doing coke on top of it too. <laughs> I was an idiot back then, and so there's just this blip in my life. I'm like, I barely remember. Yeah. You know, and so I was drinking a lot to come down from it, and then one day I just was like, I don't want this anymore. I don't want to take it anymore. So I just like got rid of it. And I flushed all my meds and I was like, all right, well, here we go. And I, I just wasn't even thinking about it at the time. And then it probably took me like an, a year to kind of level out. Yeah. You know? It yeah. was weird. It was weird. You, do you party at all now or are you just like clean? I'm, I'm, I don't do drugs at all. I don't even like being around weed. Yeah. It makes me so anxious. Weed? Yeah. yeah. Well, weed is just too strong, man. It's dude. like, who the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude. I like when people go, well, you got to get used to it. And it's like, well, I mean, it, you, know, you can get yeah. used to anything. A hand grenade. You know? <laughs> I mean, it just fucking levels you. I think it's yeah. good for really um, angry people. I think it's good for that. People that have like stress or, you know, road rage and shit like that. But for me... I love to be actually kind of coherent. Yeah. Uh, I think that I I miss stuff if I'm loaded. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I I don't yeah I don't really like for some weed doesn't even make me feel calm. I for some reason even being like I was in a house the other day and a bunch of people were smoking dabs, which is even stronger so than weed. So crazy. Which makes no you gotta like you have you need a butane lighter and yeah. you gotta get it all boiling it's and crack weed it's like yeah it looks like crack. yeah <laughs> like, i'd rather smoke crack <laughs> <laughs> and just being in the same room as it i could feel myself start to get stoned yeah and then i panic 
Yeah. I panic because I feel like I can't control my thoughts. It's really not for me. I'm down with CBD oil, though. I'm on that shit Are you really? Day. Does oh, it f- help? Oh, it does. I got like three different ones around here. What? I used to have like wrist pains and, and joint pains. Oh, and, is it anti-inflammatory? Is yeah, that that's it great. And it also makes you sleep like a fucking champion. Really? And, uh, and also, I'm going to start getting into uh, microdosing of psilocybin. I'm just waiting. I think it's coming tomorrow, but I'm going to get into a little bit of that little just natural uh, stabilizers that aren't uh, pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Help with depression. See what see what happens. Yeah, for sure. I get that. That makes sense. What is it supposed to do? It's supposed to just level you out or just yeah, just uh, they call it sparkling. Where you just kind of feel good, but you're not high. Mm -hmm. And uh, the CBD oil is really, really helping for me. Big time. I love it. Uh, And it could all be in my head. Who knows? But... That's the weird thing about it is it very well might be, but yeah. it's also like, you know, I mean, you can only, you trust it as much as you trust anything else, you yeah. know, prescription medicine, I Fuck don't all trust, that. yeah. Pharmaceuticals, I've lost too many friends for those, you know, long live yeah, man. Brody Stevens, one of my favorite humans ever, and uh, pharmaceuticals, peace. some people, it works for them, but it's, uh, I've lost some great, great friends, my buddy Zach. Other guy, you know, it's it's rough. It's a tough. I think it needs to be thought about and talked about more because it definitely too. is utterly necessary for a lot of people, and it really does help I get a that. lot of people. I get that. But um, I just don't like the doctors that just throw shit at you. Try this. Well, yeah, because they've been they've been marketed it and sold it, and like I'll you know I can't believe the doctor I had when I was younger that put me on so much Adderall because it ruined my life for a long time, and I am very lucky that I didn't. Um, become hooked on it that I could just toss it and be like, "This is it. I'm done." You know, I, by by no, and I didn't even have. I wasn't in a place where that was like I was even thinking in the future. I just someday woke up, got lucky, and decided I didn't want it anymore. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know how, but it it changed everything for me. Because right around the time I tossed it and started getting a little bit better. And I started cutting down on my drinking. I got a DUI, and I moved back home with my parents, and I was just trying to be better. And then I fucking fell into the roast battle thing, and then overnight my life got so much better. My life changed. That's so great. I went from an anonymous open micer to like someone people were paying attention to overnight. There yeah. just a switch went off, and it was right around the time I threw out everything. Well, and that comedy store, uh, I owe it. I owe it my entire life because I was uh, just uh, kind of like you, but I was 44, just stumbling around Hollywood lost. Like, wow, I did one thing for so long. And now, now right. what is life supposed to be over at 44? And here's this black fucking building uh, just inviting me in. And uh, it became a complete, complete life changer. Wow. And same with you. And there's so many people that that has happened to yeah. from that building. If you look at those walls and think about how many people's lives has changed, not just with the comedians, it's changed your life and it's changed my life. But and and say uh, you know David Letterman or or just let's just say Jim Carrey uh, thousands of people but it's changed people's lives that are in the audience that might have not felt good felt shitty uh, came in one night and and changed their life in a yeah. way uh, on a nightly basis people leave feeling better for even if it's an hour or two. Right. No, that does make that's a, uh, something I always try to remember too when yeah. I do stand up, and I forget sometimes because I, you know, you're so in your own head about your own jokes and how well you're doing. Sometimes people, if they if they can, they'll feel better from a comedy show. Sometimes, you know. I mean, I remember how much comfort I got from funny stuff when I was younger. You oh. know. Oh, I I remember sitting in the comedy store before I did comedy. And watching people and just in heaven, like it was just a magic yeah. to me. Like, how the fuck did they do that? You know, it was so amazing. It's so crazy to make strangers laugh. It I is a really, weird thing. really think it's the weirdest thing ever. You step on stage, they don't know you. Maybe some people know you from Roast Battle or me from my podcast. Yeah. And then in a matter of hopefully a couple minutes, you've got the room laughing. 
And you're like, they don't know you. It's weird. It is and really weird. And laughing is fucking weird. Laughing is weird. I don't even. I don't even try to understand it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the only thing that we do that um, is a totally involuntary reaction to a stimulus other than crying but crying is even different you don't just like cry and then stop crying whenever you're sad you know what i mean it's like a whole it's kind of another like but like something is funny it's such a weird it's a weird thing i don't know it is a weird thing yawning laughing and crying are all weird things that you don't control yeah they just start happening you're like oh what the hell is this and it's like it's uh, i often wonder do animals laugh in a way, you know. I wonder if they do. I, I don't know. I know. Do uh, you know animals laugh? I know they yawn, but do they cry and laugh? Animals? That's a trip, right? You wow, just see some lions out there, like oh, 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 oh. I haven't even thought about it. Look that at way. this fool, man. He's funny on that tree. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I know. I think monkeys laugh. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. They do. Yeah. Oh man. Who early on, we, I know that you uh, love Stan Hope and you're mm-hmm. opening for Stan Hope and stuff. Who early on were you watching? Were you watching Stan Hope and who else? I mean, my first introduction to comedy really was like, honestly, it was the roast on Comedy Central. and The roast um, of who? Man, I can't even remember. Right. They, they would just be on. Oh, you know what? It was the roast of Joan Rivers. My mom and I watched it something i think it was that together because my mom she's got such a dark sense of humor yeah and she used to when i was a little kid would show me like uh fashion police oh, which yeah. was john river's show or she yeah, would yeah, with her shit daughter. on red carpet people yeah it was yeah hilarious and i credit watching fashion police for why i think i kind of picked up roasting quick quickly yeah because that's what she was doing. She was roasting everybody in such a visual way. And so and I would watch it with my mom as a kid, and my mom would laugh so hard. And so it was like, it was Joan Rivers, Jeff Ross, um, when I was, before I even started stand-up, that, that that was like my, like, I connected with that as a kid. That was kind of my introduction to comedy yeah. when I was younger. I used to be great roaster. I always tell the story <laughs> like, I could just shred guys. That's the only way you could survive uh, growing up as a teenager in school was be able to fight or hold yourself with words. Yeah. And I kind of pushed it down because it led to fights. You know, because I would be so good that I would push the, round, the last button yeah. on the guy and he'd be like, that's it, we're fucking, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, that's what scares me about it, too, is like, like you know, I mean, if you say the wrong thing to somebody and they take it the wrong way, then you don't want to get hit, you know? Yeah, yeah. But um, but I think Jeff Jeff does it in a, such a way. It's where, different there, yeah. Different there. Yeah, I think I've, I I don't know if I've ever asked him this or maybe I heard him say it on a podcast or something, but I, I think he, like, no one has ever tried to hit him. Yeah. I think that. Jeff Ross. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Ross. Yeah. Because his, his style is so focused on what's going to make this other person laugh. Yeah. And that's how generous he is with his talent for roasting is that he seems to only do it if he knows the other person's going to enjoy it and that's where his line is, I think. That's just a guess. Yeah. But it seems like that's what he does and I really respect that because it takes so much restraint Um, and it's also such a generous thing to do to be able to use your talent for shitting on somebody to make them laugh. Yeah, oh yeah. As as opposed to proving something, which which I understand also your side of it where it's like, that's the only way I knew how to not... To survive. Well, when you're a small, yeah. I was a small kid, and <laughs> y- y- you want to y- you want to uh, have friends, and so you're with friends, and then people are walking across the courtyard, and you're like, "Oh, look at this fool sneakers," right. you, you know, and and then you get into something like, "Oh, here comes Gummo. Look at this guy's haircut, <laughs> yeah, yeah. straight Mister Gummo," you know, and you're yeah. just like saying whatever. To get them laughing, and then you get friends that way. It's uh, yeah. It's a it's, uh, it's teen angst and weird shit, you know. Uh, yeah, I used to shit on myself to make friends. That right. was my thing. Right. I would do whatever it took to get a laugh from the guys. Well, that works great in comedy, also, yeah. because if you're uh, 
if you're up there, there's some people that can just boast how great they are, and it works like a Jezonek because that's the character that he is, you know? Yeah. But I I often do get a, Sometimes I'll get up there and be like, fucking Toledo, Ohio, get out of here, you know? And it's just funny to me. But some people be like, fuck you, man. I'm one of your biggest fans. I live in Toledo. Like Like yesterday I tweeted, uh, my Game of Thrones finale ended uh, season one, episode one. Mm -hmm. You know, that's when my Game of Thrones. And and then people are just so angry. It's like, hey, you know, a comedian right here says comedian, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you just shit on that. Oh, Mr. Edgy Hipster. Oh, yeah, you're so cool. You don't watch TV. It's like, wow, man, that's a TV show. They don't give a fuck about (laughs) you. You're over there boxing for a TV show. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. Some people are so serious about that shit. I don't know. It's actually great to push nerds buttons. Yeah. Like, I don't like comic books. I don't like wrestling. I don't like comic books. And I don't like uh, uh, wizards and all that shit. I like real, like, Breaking Bad, yeah. Sopranos, All in the Family. I like shit that's like real, like yeah. uh, you know, colors. That uh, that that film, uh, you know, I like stuff that it's like. Also, you kind of learn from it. Like, wow, man, it's fucking crazy, real shit right there. Yeah, I guess I I the first season of Game of Thrones, the first couple seasons of it yeah. were really good. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's good. Yeah, I'm not knocking it. But, but I, I do know what you mean. I don't connect with like stuff that's in like a fantasy world, like right, like superhero right. shit or you know um, like Harry Potter and stuff like that. You know, it's like like I gear towards edgy comedy. Mm-hmm. I gear towards edgy music. Like I don't listen to pop music, you uh-huh. know, um, and and I don't knock it or whatever. And as much as I always say promote what's great, not what you hate, I do like clowning on stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like clowning in a fun fashion. If you yeah. see four million Game of Thrones tweets on a Sunday, I'm gonna throw one in here like, nah, you know, or yeah. or football tweets. No, I know. I I I honestly like I was off Twitter for a while. I just deleted the whole thing because I just looked at like thirty six hundred like self deprecating, not well thought out tweets. Right. And then I got back on recently to see what difference it would make and you know because when you work the road and stuff you got to promote yourself somehow and and it's been helping with that but when it comes to like i have like a funny thought i'm like i'll start typing it and i'm like why am i even doing this what's the point this is not connecting with anybody on any kind of like emotional level why am i saying this thing about like like, I just tweeted about this. I spent $10 on that juice. Yeah. It's not that good. Oh, I hate that fucking place. I went <laughs> once in my neighborhood, and I was like, $10? Yeah, I know. And I go, you're not even fucking a well-known chain. You know, like, yeah. who are you with your $10? I, you know? I, like, dude, if I if you own a blender, you could make this for, like, 50 cents. Oh, yeah, I got a fridge full of shit. I, yeah. I, I make one a day now. Uh, and also it's like that I won't even mention the company cause I don't this, that you're drinking cause I don't want to give them any love. No, <laughs> yeah, no, fucking, it's pretty whatever. I mean, yeah. it's a fine juice. The first week I lived here, I, I went there. I go, this might be my juice place. You know, you're, you're sniffing out the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. You get burned in the neighborhood when you first move in. Yeah. It's really, uh, it's not burned. You're learning your hood. Yeah. You're like, Ooh, this Thai food place sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Don't or go it's there. Great. Yeah. You know, it's funny. And then once you get your spots, you, uh, you know, and yeah. I think that a lot of businesses survive on one offs. They're like clip joints. You went in, never going back. Yeah. They don't have any return customers. It's all one-time customers. And then when that ends, they close. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure, man. And that's probably what this place is like. Because I ordered it before I realized it was 10 bucks. Because yeah. when you order a juice, you're like, it'll be like 6 bucks. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking $10. I, can't, I couldn't believe it. I know. At Whole Foods, which is a giant, great chain, that would be $7. And it'd be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I got to go. That's where I'm going to go next time I need a juice. All right, so you you do the roast battles. Yes. You're on TV. How old are you now? I'm 23. 23. 
You eventually turn 21. You start working. You're like at the roast quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, you do a couple roast baths, and then you wrote for a roast. Which I one? did. I was on the writer's staff for the roast of Bruce Willis. Which that, is that's so cool. Such an amazing opportunity. I, I mean, at 22, yeah. probably at the time, you're yeah. writing on a fucking roast of Bruce Willis. Yeah. Did I, any of your jokes make it? A couple of them did. Yeah, a couple oh, yeah? of them which did, ones? which is really neat. I don't. Am I allowed to say? I don't even know if I'm allowed. Oh, is to it say. already out? Yeah, it came out. Oh yeah, you can say it then. Oh, oh, I say because other people did them. You, oh, yeah, and like I, I, it always feels weird taking credit for one joke when we all like work oh, on them you. together. I, I mean, you. that just might be a me thing. I don't right. know if that's, but that's just where I'm at with it. But yeah, I mean, dude, it was the craziest experience. I was so stressed in there. I who was I, um, in the room with you? Jeff Ross. Uh, Jeff wasn't, Je- I don't think Jeff was there the week I was working, Okay. but, um, dude, Jesse Joyce, so funny. Have you ever, you know, Jesse Joyce? No. Oh my God, man. His roast jokes are just, he just hits home run after home run and there's no, he, there's no jokes he throws out that are like, I've heard this before. I can see the formula. You yeah. Know what I mean, he's a killer. Right. Um, Sarah Tiana is super, super funny. She was in there. Tony Hinchcliffe, he's always on fire. Um, Connor McSpadden was there, too. Oh, yeah. Connor and I started comedy together. Oh, really? Yeah. <coughs> Sorry. I'm going to have to cut that cough out. Yeah. You might want to <laughs> quit smoking. <laughs> you know what, man? I don't... I, I, I actually had that thought today. I was like, yeah. I've been coughing for like a week now after having a cold. I don't even know. I couldn't even imagine smoking now because when I smoked, you could just fucking smoke anywhere. Right. And not to be able to smoke when you're full-blown addicted would make me have meltdowns, like long flights and... Oh, and, long flights, I do. Uh, no. You go patch or gum or what? You got to go something, right? I just I just go nothing, and I... I yeah, but I rarely fly. I, I absolutely hate flying. Yeah. I'm so afraid of flying yeah. that it's easier for me to just bite the bullet and drive than it is for me to book a flight and then worry about it for weeks. <laughs> I, like, I really do... I do not like flying... And it's because I'm so scared of it. I'm yeah. so afraid. I, it's all my worst fears in one place. You got claustrophobia, being trapped somewhere. Heights are a big one. Being around people uh, and germs and like everything I'm afraid of is happens on a flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trusting yeah. people. I, I don't know those guys, you know? I yeah. don't. Oh, my God. I hate flying. I hate it so much. <laughs> so, so I just avoid it because I can smoke in my car all I want. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> After the roast, you get you get like uh, you get some heat and stuff. You get a manager and, mm-hmm. and everything right away. Yeah, right and away. then people. I was talking to you about this last night. People just assume, oh, you're famous and rich now. <laughs> you know, some some people do. You know, I mean, some people do, but it's also I think a lot of comics too understand that it's like you know, oh, oh comics do. Comics I'm just do, saying yeah. normal people. Yeah, uh, you know, like I, uh, I've been on some TV shows or whatever, and people just think you're you're just booming or whatever, and it's like <laughs> you work for like two years free, and then you get one check, and you're like, okay, I'll pay these last five months of bills, and yeah. and you're just like constantly slugging it out. But at yeah. least what's cool about you is you're 23. You can still you you're okay with roommates, yeah. You know, and uh, and you're kind of like a, a tumbleweed. You just wherever you land, yep. you're just floating around out there digging life, which I I I love. I I did that for years in rock and roll. It's just kind of like whoa, where did I wake up today? Here, yeah, here right. I am. I'm trying to be a little strategic about it now, and not just like roll around the country and whatnot, but. That's my favorite part of doing comedy, really, is is touring and building a fan base and traveling and meeting other comics and all that stuff. Yeah. I love that more than all the other shit so much. And I'm trying to figure out right now how to make that my life. Yeah. And it's not it's not an easy feat, but I think once I start getting the ball rolling on a couple of things that I really... It would make me happier to do that than to, like, be... Um, to go into, like, acting or like you know transition into more like hollywood type stuff i'd rather just right now i think more than anything i've always wanted to be a good stand-up comic and in order to do that i have to kind of put 
all the industry stuff on the back burner while I still have time at my age to like fuck around and like learn stand up totally, and travel totally. with, before my bones start hurting, you know, yeah, like yeah, all that yeah. shit. So, yeah. you know, while I'm still young enough to kind of get away with it, you know, or like where, where I'm not like 35 being like, I'm trying to do stand up. Can I borrow money? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or me 53. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, fuck. I got to work, man. Yeah. How can, can somebody get me again? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I hear you, man. Yeah. Now, you meet Doug Stanhope early on. He autographs you, and you get it tattooed on you. Yeah, and now you're opening for him. Let's so talk weird. a little bit about this insane thing. Sure. You know? It's a lot. Uh, that's like that's like one of the greatest things ever when you meet your hero, and then you're opening for him, yeah. you know? Yeah, I know. I am uh, so lucky that, you know, like I had met him at one of his shows. And Where at? I think it was the Brea Improv. Okay. Um, I was maybe 16 or 17 and I'm, I had met him and I asked him to sign me. Cause when I, I saw his standup, when I started doing standup, someone showed it to me and it blew my fucking mind. Right. Cause I was like, I've never seen somebody take such intricate subjects and turn them into such funny material. Oh yeah. I told you that I think the Portland special is one of the best specials i've seen in 20 years and that's yeah. the one where he opens up about his mom having cancer and is going to die yeah and and anybody to open a special with cancer and your mom dying i'm like how's he gonna get out of this yeah yeah and it's one of the greatest specials i even saw him two summers ago or two years ago in arizona i told him i said dude that that special uh, raised the bar for me. Dude, yeah, seriously. I mean, that's what he did for me, too, because at the time, I didn't know what I was doing in terms of comedy, like, little, like, just, it just, I didn't really, I just, it was the first time I had ever seen a stand-up comic with a voice that strong. Yeah. With that much, like, so I just, I have so much love and respect for him as a comic, and then, um, you know, I... It doesn't even come off as stand-up comedy to me, which is right. awesome. Like, he's just up there like a guy talking to you at a party and and then just killing you. Yeah. He's not like your standard, here's the right. the formula. There's no Doug Stanhope out there, which is pretty interesting yeah. to think about. Right. Uh, and I think that what's great about him, too, is he's, I'm sure, I'm not sure what he feels about in his career, but I love just where him and Attell, those are the guys you want to be. You you want to be able to sell out all kinds of places, but not be giant where you go down the other side, you know, where people are like, oh, he's last year. And you want to have this great core audience that are into cool stuff like right. music and, and art and, and edgy, crazy shit, you know? Well, the, yeah, that's the other thing that I like so much about him is once I got into him and I saw how he ran his own business, essentially. Yeah. It, he's not an employee of, like, a TV show, you know what I mean? Or, like, right. a, an employee of this. And that's not without years and years of of work and getting your name out there and actually playing the game and all that stuff. Just doing bars mm -hmm. across America, mm -hmm. you know, just r rattling around America. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I like how people probably look at like a Stanhope or a mm -hmm. Tell and they're just kind of like, yeah, I want a career like that. And it's like, well, you're not even fucking working right well, now. Well, yeah, well, what it takes to get there, one of the main things is be as funny as possible and you only get there with lots of practice. And I'm I'm just now getting to a point where I'm like starting to tolerate listening back to my sets and right. writing things out because now I have to. I'm trying to work out an hour and like I can't like skate by on a 10-minute set of like riffing anymore, you know? I'm trying to like be more of a pro and it's like I know I have such a long way to go and um and so that's what I'm trying to do but like the thing that I just love so much about him is how much skill he really has and how much work he puts into everything in order to be that good and like so it is really weird that like one day I was just driving through touring doing my own like really bad like ramshackle tour my first one because I was trying to work out my half hour for a tape and like I went I went by his house in Bisbee and then he made me and my friend do a set 
at his house in really? front of his neighbors. Yeah. Wow. It's insane. Right in front of his neighbors. In front of all of his neighbors. Whoa. Yeah. And I That's did. a great story. It was really cool. How many people were there? Uh, there was probably about like 20 people there. It was Whoa. on Thanksgiving. It was oh, on Thanksgiving. Wow. And they, like, so you're we, doing a set in like, what, the living room or outside no, there? No, he's compound? got a bar out in yeah. his backyard. And like that's where they were all sitting. And out of nowhere, he's just like, impromptu comedy show. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to go up in front of you right now. And like in this situation, he's like, just do it. And I went up and he liked my stuff. And then he asked me to open for him when he was at the store in L.A. That is so great. Yeah. I, that's when I saw you. You were open for him. I was like, rad. Yeah. You know? Dude, it was so... I was so nervous to open for him at the store too. Oh, oh yeah, that's like when I opened for Marin. You're like these are these are like fucking yeah or, or Burr. You know these are like these guys that you look up to, and now they've asked you to open up for him, and you don't want to fucking let him down like where they look out and like oh, oh fuck. No, I know, I know. That's what I'm. So, I don't care about the crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm so worried about. Is that thing where once you finally have someone's respect, you're so afraid you're about to lose it. Totally, moment, you're like, you know? it's better <laughs> you never see me again. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, I tricked you. I'm like, you know, like oh yeah. fuck. But I think that it. Um, people like Stan Hope and uh, Joey Diaz and Marin and and uh, Say Rogan with the guys that he brings out and, yeah. and Burr, they see a lot of bullshit their whole life uh, coming up and then they see people that are really digging in and want to do it and and they go I remember such and such helped me and they give back people that don't give back uh, are the people that are just fucking no man's land now you know like yeah. it's all me i don't want anybody funny or around me it's got to be right. me and that is just like that's super just, yeah, really, that's just insane you're just digging into your own insecurity you know? insane to think that you're going to be the only funny person for yeah. the next 20 years in this business you're you're yeah. and, and there's so many people now that are just uh gunning for uh some spots out there and and writing and working so so you opened for him at the store. How'd it go? Because I, I, I had a spot while you were on. Oh, really? Yeah, so I didn't get to see it. Well, the funny thing is, so I didn't know until the day before that I, he he t- just texted me. He was like, you want to open for me at the store 20 minutes? And I was like, of course. But then right after I got the text, I was so nervous and i have a really nervous stomach i was just i had like diarrhea all day (laughs) and it was like 110 degrees and i had i had like a meeting that for some reason they wanted to have it at like an outdoor sushi restaurant and it was so hot and i was just so dehydrated by the time i got there but i think it helped me because i was so week from shitting all day yeah and then so i got and i was also i have some bits about diarrhea so i was like i never open on it but i was like maybe i'll open on it tonight and i just being real i did my diarrhea jokes and i could hear doug laughing in the background which was so cool and then i like it's been like a year since then so i dropped all my diarrhea jokes from my act and then (laughs) recently he told me he's like your diarrhea jokes are my favorite Oh. that you do and I was like I just got rid of them all because <laughs> it's like what are, you don't want to diarrhea is such an easy topic of course comedically dicks diarrhea yeah pussy uh, farts mm-hmm. uh, shitting and all that is and it's an interesting thing too when you're on the road and you're headlining because you you kind of like well like I kind of want to. Uh, I want to try to be a little smarter and stuff. And then the feature or the openers out there going, "You ever, you ever just shit in your pants?" And then, and yeah. then when you're fucking, you fart and you shit, and and the crowd's going, "Ah!" And then you come out with some kind of thing you think smart and witty, and they're like, "Get the other guy back." Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, a, yeah. Lot, a some- lot of audiences are just trained to. Um, to uh you know yeah. and, you know as they would say uh, hacky premises but we all have yeah. those type of things because it is life we do shit our pants sometimes yeah. uh you know and some people just haven't heard enough people talk about it you yeah. know and that's yeah. why it, it resonates with them in that way and then you try to do something like highbrow esoteric and they're like what yeah. You know? Yeah. When you're doing that and you're connecting with people, then they know you're subverting a trope, really. Yep. But then there's some people that haven't even been exposed to the trope enough to expect more. Sometimes, though, like, if I see, like, 
there's an audience that just wants dirty stuff it's like cool you know oh yeah but i'm really trying lately to like outgrow the stuff like dirty stuff like not that i have a problem with it i just know that i want to learn how to write about more mundane things and still make it just as funny because sometimes i do feel like i'm cheating when i have a dirty joke that works you know well, when you see guys like Nate Bargatze or... Uh, so funny. I mean, you know, these guys are clean, but still, I don't even notice they're clean all mm-hmm. the way through the set because it's not like, you know, you're, you're a cruise ship clean. It's still edgy premises and everything. Gary Goldman. I didn't Goldman. realize Nate Bargatze was clean. clean. Why that's, what? See, that's what I'm saying. That's what's the genius about yeah. watching them. Not once did you go like, oh, he didn't say any... Right. Any stuff, you know, and... And uh, those kind of guys inspire me to yeah. try to uh, take the fucks out of the set. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and also to uh, challenge yourself. It's hard to write jokes that are clean. It is. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, and it's hard to write jokes about stuff that's more mundane because sex is you have infinite yeah. things you can talk about with it. Yeah. That are automatically going to trigger some kind of response. Yeah. But like. You know, it's different to talk about, like, that's why I love Todd Berry so much, is, like, his, he can talk about the most mundane, minute interaction with somebody and rip it apart. Yeah, Todd Berry's amazing. Oh, he's a genius. I like, really right now, like I've been him. waiting for a UPS driver for two fucking days, you know, so I'm going to get a bit out of this because it just makes me furious. That's, yeah, you, know. you got to connect with your own anger. Yeah. That's my other favorite kind of comedy. People who have petty jokes about something that makes them furious. Yeah. So funny to me. I love that. You know, Sebastian, I remember Sebastian had this bit where, and I can say it because he said he only did it once, and it was a local bit, but he he goes, he was on the comedy store stage, and he just got on, and he goes, uh, he goes, I was going down Fairfax between Melrose and Beverly traffic all the time why what's in those shit shops and i always thought that because it's just where Cantor's is you know I yeah, mean, you, yeah. got, you got supreme there but before that you didn't have anything now right. it's kind of turning into a hipster thing but it was just like shitty things like uh, grandma's gold shop and oh, okay. a goodwill and a and a really bad bakery but it would be just traffic and you're just sitting there from for some reason on that street and the way he said it was what's in those shit shops <laughs> and i remember coming up to him a couple weeks after and i said dude man that that Fairfax joke made me die. And he goes, oh, yeah, I just only said that one. I was just saying that because that's, yeah, I said it's that like once. Line. I said that once, you yeah. know, and I was like, God, it resonated with me because yeah. over the years. But that kind of stuff yeah. resonates with people. I mean, that's a local joke. But, you know, UPS driver, yeah, I just fucking find something to light up about. It's I just, bet you could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I will. I'll yeah. find it. Yeah, you will. So you're gonna you're getting ready to open for Doug on his opening. Uh, I mean, it's uh, his uh, special filming. Yeah, Vegas. That's gonna be fun, right? I'm so excited. I'm I like I. It doesn't even really feel real, you know, because it's just a real thing to like not only meet your hero, but then get to work with them. I'm so baffled by it. I feel so lucky, and I'm only trying to like just even live up to the idea of it. You know, I'm. It's in Vegas. It's in Vegas. At the, Isn't that at where the he plaza. started? I think so. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. I think Sam Tripoli told me that that when Sam started, you know, uh, Stanhope was the king of like Vegas, right? Working all around sense. there. Remember that? Remember that open mic where the guy punched the guy on stage? No. Right? When was this? That was like five years ago. You could see it like there was an open mic in Vegas, and the guy was like, oh, "Get boy. off the stage!" Just that fight went down. Oh, just, that just hit me just now, but. Vegas is an interesting animal. I, I yeah. really love doing the comedy cellar out there. It's that a, must be so cool. It is I, because you got that weird, just like with Stanhope, you're going to yeah. have Stanhope's crowd. But with Vegas crowds, it's a guy from like Greenland and then some some people from uh, Oklahoma. Right. Yeah, a lot of tourists. Australians. You know, right. It's like a lot like uh, the store was years ago in the OR. Right. Or, or like a lot of the clubs in New York City are yeah. tourists. Totally. Yeah. People from everywhere. It's crazy. 
Now, you moved to New York for a while, and we were, uh, I would see you in New York. Yeah, we would go to the movies together. Yeah, what yeah. movie did we see? Dude, we saw Halloween the first time. Oh, that's right. And then we saw Bohemian Rhapsody the next well, that time. Was that was cool. Yeah. No, I gotta say, first half of the movie, I was kind of bored. Yeah. But then the, the the Live Aid and all that stuff was pretty pretty sick. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. For a movie that took them, I think, like six and a half years to write, because they all had to agree on what was going to be in it and what it was not. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, I had a nice time. Yeah. But you were, are you still living in New York or where are you? No, I was, I was living in New York and then I booked a tour and um, I didn't really plan much after the tour because I knew I was going to just kind of crash land back in LA and figure it out from there right? and just see what happens. Yep. And um, so I, I'm staying with my mom now where I grew up in the good old OC and just trying to feel it out, like save up some money and just see what I want to, I want to honestly really want to buy a van one of those like cargo vans. Yeah, yeah. Put a floor and a bed and like a sink in it. Yeah. And just fucking live in that. That would those make me great. so happy. Yeah. Those are great. Yeah, and you gotta get the cargo van, not the RV, because the cargo van looks like a cargo van. You can park it anywhere and no one's gonna be like, you can't sleep here. Yeah. You know what I mean? You so. should get a, the Volkswagen West Foria or whatever. They're kind of like the camping van. Oh, and yeah. Well, people people know that you sleep in them, though. Yeah, oh, but it, it doesn't really... Doesn't stand out? It, nah, nah. And what's good about those is the engines are bulletproof. They, really? I hear they break down no, a lot. No, and they're super easy to work on. Any mechanic can work on them. Really? And they're better on gas, and, and they're kind of hip. Really? Yeah. I was thinking, you can do I the pop get... top, it pops up. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Well, the thing, they're expensive, and uh, and I just, uh, for yeah. some reason, feel really drawn to this van called the Ram Promaster. Oh, I know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. I want to get one of those. They're like the mail trucks, basically. You yeah. Know? And I, I, I want to get the one with the high roof and the short wheelbase. Last, last I was talking to you, you were working a bar back job and you were like, yeah. I'm digging this. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. loving you. You're almost like, uh, you're like, yeah, I'm bar backing, man. It's cool. Making it some was money. Fun. Yeah, yeah. I loved, I loved working at that bar because it was so chill and my boss was a, he didn't want to be the manager. So he was not. He was a really sweet guy, and so uh, and I I got along with everyone there really well because it there wasn't much of a hierarchy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. So we all were trusted with our jobs, and we all got to be cool. The only person I didn't get along with was the chef. You know what I mean? You know how chefs are like. Oh yeah, well they're so they ego. Even if fucking... it's a Taco Bell, yeah, exactly. you know they got the ego. It's like exactly. this is my kitchen. You're like, dude, you're making seven layers. That's Fuck off. <laughs> I'm at the cash register, man. I got more responsibility. Exactly, dude. The <laughs> chef thought he was Gordon Ramsay. And it's like, dude, you make chicken wings at a fucking bar. Yeah, eat dicks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, would, he would boss me around and it, it would make me so angry. I would have to like go in the bathroom and calm down. Wow. Because when you're bar back, you're picking up glass. It's like, it's not, it's not, you don't have to be very smart to do it, but you're always doing something when yeah, you're super working. busy. And if I didn't bring food out right away, he would flip out. He's like, you can bring him cold food? It's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. They don't care. They're eating this so that they They're can drunk. drink more of our shitty beer, you yeah. piece of ass. <laughs> oh my God. I, I what part of New York were you living in? Brooklyn? I was living in Astoria. Oh, yeah, I loved oh, yeah. it up there. That was oh, yeah. cool. Astoria oh, yeah. That's was comedy nice. land out there. All the comics live out there. Yeah, comics live out there. I lived in Ridgewood, too, for a while. It was the perfect neighborhood. I loved that place so much, but I was only subletting, and when the guy came back, I had to go. But, yeah. but there was this one little neighborhood in Ridgewood that's like you were saying about Los Feliz. is like... You have everything you need within walking distance. So great. It was, I, there would be days where I wouldn't even leave the neighborhood at all. I wouldn't get on the train or go anywhere because I had everything I needed just right there. It was perfect. I love that. It was perfect. I yeah. think that's the ultimate neighborhood when you can just walk around. It can everything you, really, you need. You really, uh, it's great for riding too because you're out in it and you're like, oh yeah, oh look at uh -huh. this. This fucking guy fucks up my smoothie every time or whatever, you know? Yeah, no, I had that experience. A coffee shop when I was living in Ridgewood that I loved so much, there, were, there would be these families and they would bring in their kids for some reason. And I remember one day I was sitting there and I was really stuck on like this pilot I had just started and like where, who are the characters and what makes it funny and I was so annoyed at all the kids that I was like, oh, it needs kids in it. And yeah. like that, like, it really did help. And 
It also helps with writing too, because you know when you need to write something, but then you have an errand, and you're like, that's going to take three hours. I might as well not even write in the first place. Yeah. Because if you get in the zone, and then you have to leave the zone, and then you come back. But living you're in that like, neighborhood. Where was I on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to see it all the way through the thread. Yeah, I'm the sure. same way. I, yeah. I'm like a, you ever I'm a open binge a notebook writer. And you're like, what was I talking about yeah, here? Yeah. Dishwasher. That's all it says. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm a binge writer. You gotta like, you gotta yeah. do the whole thing. And so well, that's what I would do. I would write as much as I could until I got so hungry I couldn't focus anymore. And then I'd go walk, get food, come right back. And But I still hadn't like... I wasn't like, I got to take this train to this train to that train to then this place that might be closed. You know, I just, I knew I could go to my place, get my food, come back and eat and then write again, you know? Yeah, it's so good. All right, so let's get into when are the Stanhope shows? They're coming up here, right? 24th and 25th of May. And then do you got some tour dates you're out doing? Not yet. Not yet. I'm planning my fall tour pretty soon, but right now just focus on getting my 20 minutes tight so that I don't have to do all diarrhea jokes again. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. And then do you have a website or Twitter or anything? I do have a website. I have a website if you want to pre-order some shirts. I'm going to get that up today. I just had a tattoo artist draw me a really cool shirt and uh i'll be selling that on my website if you want to pre-order them that's olivia is funny.com okay so yeah. you you got a twitter yeah i had uh, olivia does bits on twitter olivia does bits on twitter uh-huh. and instagram uh olivia grace comedy on instagram we got to get all your shit the same i know dude i well that's because i deleted twitter for so long and yeah. instagram for so long and then i got back on instagram and was olivia grace comedy but then when i got on twitter Olivia Grace comedy was too long, so I was like, "What do I, what do I do again?" Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. bits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I got to get all my shit the same. Well, thanks for doing the show. Thanks for having me, man. I oh, love yeah. talking to you, Dean. Oh, I'm glad we're friends. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So great, and you're, uh, you got a long career ahead of you. You know, you're only 23. You can, you could be five different people by the time you're 30. You know, oh, and, I can't and explore wait. all that, which is great. Thanks, Dean. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, uh, I, I might try to come out to the Stanhope Vegas shoot. I really, I really want to see that. Kinda. Sweet, yeah. Yeah, and uh, thank you so much. And look for Olivia out there. On the road, she does tours all the time, which is badass. Her own tours. Yeah, I said I, they're all DIY tours, and I do a door deal with the place. So if you go on my website, you can sign up for an email list where you can get all the tour dates when I launch them. And it would mean a lot if you wanted to come and see me because I definitely set it all up myself. And and uh, and it's hard yeah. work. And it's hard work, but it's so rewarding. It's it so really much is. fun. And the yeah. shows are fun, and the comics are really great in so many different cities. So. It's really cool. It's the dream, and I'm lucky that I get to do it now. So. Well, I love you. Thank you so much for doing the show. I love you too, Dean. There you guys go. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to another uh, or subscribe to the uh, podcast on iTunes and YouTube. Yeah, we got a YouTube channel, and uh, leave a review. We passed 1,500, which is pretty badass on iTunes. So leave that review and uh, go see Olivia when she's popping around the states. And thank you guys. Candles lit.